celebrate Mellow Miller. What's up, buddy? Not a whole lot, man. I appreciate you uh, letting me you know, do this one more time with you, with your time in Carolina. Well, I have I have said this to everybody on this week, and as far as you guys know it, it's 100% true. My, my guest rule this week is I only wanted people that I either admire, I vibe with, that I've had fun with. Uh, I didn't want to take a risk with a uh, with a with a lame guest. So this is a, this is absolutely one of the highest endorsements I can give you, uh, which is not something I can say about literally any Power Five conference, but SEC in the Big Twelve. It feels as if there's a rat race to, to the third spot here. What do you think of the position the Big Twelve is in here? A year after losing Texas and OU to being to be to to ending up as the third super conference behind the SEC and Big Ten. I think it's actually pretty remarkable. Uh, I'm a Texas fan myself. Some of your listeners may have caught on to that over the past year or so. Um, but after Texas and Oklahoma left the Big Twelve, I honestly thought that the conference was going to die. I thought that they would just um, be poached by these other conferences. I thought the Big Ten would make runs at them. I thought the Pac-12 would make runs at some of these teams. But I thought they did a, a very good job of adding some pretty solid programs, you know, Cincinnati, BYU type, and now they're on the aggressive. So I, I actually kind of find myself rooting for the Big 12 and what they've done so far. I think they've put themselves in a really good position. Again, uh, you know, it was a year or so ago, it looked like the conference was going to die. Now it looks like it might be positioning itself for that third kind of power conference even maybe over the ACC, and you've got to feel better about the Big 12 right now than you do the Pac-12. So it's been pretty impressive. Mello, I've said that, you know, in the event that Notre Dame were to, to agree to join the ACC as a football member, full-fledged member this time, instead of just everything but football, I've said that it really only buys the ACC time um, but in the end, they're going to need to to take on a few more bigger programs to truly survive. I think the same can be said of the Big Ten. That you know, it's not Notre Dame, but Cincinnati, Central Florida, like the BYU. I think these schools have helped sustain the Big Twelve. What programs do you think would be, or what programs do you think adding would be essential to really, uh, I guess, increasing the football? Uh, the football brand of the Big 12 and truly ensuring their long-term success as the third biggest uh, power conference in college football? Yeah, you know, there, there have been a lot of talks and rumors already about trying to get after some of those Pac-12 schools, the Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, maybe even making a run at Washington and Oregon. I think that's nice. Uh, those are some pretty decent, uh, maybe second, third-tier schools. But I do think if the Big 12 wants to stay relevant, if they do want to become that third power conference that uh, teams are you know, trying to do, I think they're going to have to make a run at some of those schools over on your side of the country there in the ACC where North Carolina has become a very popular get. And a lot of people, the uh, SEC as well, and maybe even the Big 10, might make a run at North Carolina. And I think if you can make a run and you can get North Carolina, it's maybe not the sexiest of of football schools, we don't, we don't think of them as a blue blood necessarily, but I do think that they're a really good football program that brings a lot of excitement. And I think if you get North Carolina, you can probably talk Duke into coming as well. And I, I know that this realignment stuff is run by college football, but I'll tell you, Nick, 
I get very excited even as a college football guy at the possibility of Duke, North Carolina, and Kansas all being in the Big 12 for, for basketball. And I think all three of those are very viable basketball programs. And I think that they offer you enough with football as well. And then, you know, maybe you can make a run and when you look at the Big 12. And maybe then you can dip into, like, a, a Virginia Tech. I, I still can't believe more people, more conferences aren't trying to go after Virginia Tech. Maybe that's just me, you know, growing up watching Michael Vick play. I've always loved Virginia Tech. Blacksburg at night, playing Interstand Man. But I think that Virginia Tech and North Carolina could be two huge gets. And that's if you can get those Pac-12 teams on board as well. Then you do start to kind of realize, okay, maybe we can play with the big dogs. Mello Miller of the DraftScout.com and Mike Up Podcast on the guest line here. So I wanted to get into a few specific programs and start to really dig deep because we are getting closer to the return of college football. But early on the show, we, you know, we kind of we're, we're talking about the NBA in-season tournament and, you know, what's the NBA's biggest problem? Then we got into the NFL. What's the NFL's biggest problem? There seems to be a lot of people who think there's a lot, a lot of things wrong with college football. For you, what do you see? As, the, uh, as college football's biggest problem at the moment? Uh, that's a good question. I, off the top of my head, I think the biggest problem right now is maybe the NIL deal. I, I love, I'm on the player side of this thing. I think it's great that they can finally make money off of their name, image, likeness. But at the same time, I do think that the NCAA has to come out and maybe just put in some, I saw the term guide rail the other day. Okay, you're not really limiting what these players can make, but just guide rails on how to operate because it still very much feels like the wild, wild west. And maybe, you know, helping some of these other conferences out too and getting their TV deals lined out because that's what the realignment is, is all about. I mean, it, it kind of sucks. I, I know there are a lot of purists out there that want to believe that college football is still like uh, an educational system and, oh, yeah, these guys get to play football as well, but it's it's been very evident over the last year and a half or so. It's run by money. It's run by these conferences wanting to get into big TV markets, wanting to renegotiate their deals. And, you know, these high school players, again, can't blame them. They want to go out and they, they want to make their money too. And it feels like the NCAA is so afraid to act on this stuff that they just haven't done anything. And so it's left a lot of programs and a lot of teams questioning what, what can we do, what can we get away with it. Even a school like Texas A&M, spent a lot of money on their recruiting class. But they're so afraid to admit it because they might get in trouble or it might look bad when really they should be out there marketing it. Like, we've spent $35 million on this class. We've got it. Come to Texas A&M. Come make money. But the NCAA just hasn't done anything. So I, I do think that the biggest issue is they've, they've got to do something with name, image, likeness. Maybe just some ground rules of operation and how it looks. But so far, they've, they've really done nothing. Mello, I know you're a Texas fan. You admitted it. Uh, who has a better chance of being quote-unquote back this year, the Texas Longhorns in football or the Miami Hurricanes in football? Uh, I'm going with the Hurricanes on this one. I, I love the Texas is back joke, and I use it probably more than anyone. And anytime something positive happens with Texas, I will tweet out Texas is back. I, I probably did it a million times when Arch Manning committed but there's still a lot of holes. I do like what Sarkeesian's doing there with Texas, but I think that Mario Cristobal and Miami might be doing it sooner. And I do think it's still going to take both programs a couple of years. And sadly, my Texas Longhorns are going to be in the SEC very soon. 
And that's just, it's a juggernaut of the conference. And it's going to be so difficult to compete in. And the Texas Longhorns haven't even been able to compete in the Big 12. All right, we all. Moving over to the SEC, it's, it's tough. I'm sorry about that, my guy. Uh, so we also heard and have gotten the Arch Manning to Texas train a rolling. So I'll ask you, Arch Manning, Texas Longhorns, would that be the most hyped recruit in the last 20 years for, for Texas in that program, given where they are right now? Oh, 100%. I think you can go back maybe even further than that. Because um, with the Arch Manning stuff, I don't, I don't get into the high school scouting. I don't know how good this kid is actually going to be. But I, what I do know is that I track in the recruiting classes, whether it's um, you know 24-7 sports or whoever does these recruiting classes. And the jump that the Texas Longhorns have taken since Arch Manning has been extraordinary. As soon as Arch signed there, they got rated as a top 10 class. And within the next couple of days, they brought in so many other recruits with Arch Manning that they're actually the number three class right now for 2023. So, I mean, you can look back to Vince Young. He was a perfect-rated uh, quarterback as well. That one was huge. But it also, it wasn't the social media era. Like, people knew about Vince Young, but we've been talking about Arch Manning for over a year now. We're going to talk about him his entire senior year. He's going to bring in a lot of recruits. So I, I think that's what kind of gives him the edge over uh, Vince Young as the next guy we put up. All right, Mello, we do our five questions every day. Uh, we just ask the audience these five questions to fill this out. Are, are, are kind of rapid fire here, okay? You, you ready to start? You know it. Who is one athlete or celebrity you admire? Oh, uh, wow. Off the top of my head, I don't know why I thought of this. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Maybe that's not the, the answer that you were looking for. I, that guy's hilarious, though. I, I think he's almost perfect. It's almost embarrassing how good he is at everything that he does. And that's the that's 100% honest answer. First one that I came up with. I like it. I like the logic. And he landed Blake Lively. That's all you need to say about that. Number four, who or what is your favorite vegetable? Favorite vegetable? Corn. Uh, right here in the Midwest. Mm. Uh, Bill corn-fed guy myself. Got to go with that one. I'm right there with you, my guy. I did say cucumbers earlier, but like, uh, you know, a good ear of corn goes a long way. What is the most, or what is the most annoying cliche to you? Uh, most annoying cliche to me, uh, best shape of his life, guy. Ooh. Every off season, it's oh, this dude is in the best shape of his life. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott has been in the best shape of his life now for the past three off seasons, and I just I don't buy it. I mean, it I, I hate it. It's my, my least favorite one for sure. Round is a shape. That's what I always tell the people. Number two, or sorry, number four, math is hard. Uh, is mac and cheese the goat of side dishes? Uh, it's got to be up there. I, I mean, what are you going to put ahead of it? Right, mashed potatoes are really good, but mac and cheese is just, you can eat it with anything. It doesn't matter what you have with it. You can You can dress it up, make it fancy. You can Simple box mac and cheese goes with everything. I, I think you got to put it up there. It's, it's number one. All right, number one, or the last question. I've completely botched the, the numbering of this. What's something that What's annoys you? Pot? Something that annoys me? Um, mouth chewers? Does that count? Is that good enough for you? I, I absolutely cannot stand to hear people eat. That is the biggest annoyance. Yeah. So I didn't realize this was a thing the first seven or eight years of my life. And one year I was staying over with my 
aunt, uncle, and their two boys. And my uncle, or my my cousin Michael, is one of the great mouth chewers of all time. And he knew it annoys his dad, so he was only doing it louder. And my uncle Mike, who I mean, the man had a temper, but he was he's a really good dad. Lost his mind about this, like came unglued because his son, his namesake, was was mouth chewing. And here's the thing: by the end of his rant. I was right there with him. I was in the pocket. He turned me anti-mouth chewer, and I didn't know it existed 10 minutes prior. Yeah, it's, it's right there. It almost ended one of my uh, relationships. I was dating a girl, and I was the new cool guy on the scene, and she had a little brother. And he always wanted like he wanted to sit by me. He wanted to tag along. And I had to tell her one time, like, I, I can't do it anymore. Your, your brother chews with his mouth open, and I just I cannot put up with it. Uh, luckily, uh, we got that problem fixed Follow this man on Twitter, at Mello. He is the host of the Mic'd Up podcast. You can uh, see his work on DraftScout.com as well. Mello, it's been a pleasure, my guy. I appreciate the hell out of you. Yeah, I appreciate you letting me join you uh, one more time here.